Mark chapter 13, verse number 19. Mark 13 also describes this time, this tribulation time, this time to come when God will sift, in a sense, the world for a time of seven years. Uh, Mark chapter 13, verse number 19, it says, For in those days shall be affliction, such as not from the beginning of the creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. And so we're talking about a affliction time. We're talking about a tribulation or troubling time. We're talking about a time when, uh, again, great and mighty events will take place around the world. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. We've looked at some thoughts on the, the waves, if you would, of tribulation or affliction that will come upon the world. Uh, Revelation chapter 6 details some of the early affliction of the tribulation period, which will come upon the world, which will result, for, uh, uh, result in people hiding from the wrath of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 6 and uh, verse number 12. Revelation 6, verse number 12, it says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell on the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of the wind, and the heavens departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island was moved out of their places. Well, this happens, I believe, somewhere towards the middle or so of the tribulation period. I don't know exactly there in the tribulation period, but it goes on in verse number 15. It says, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and said on the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the wrath of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And so we see in the Bible... Every mountain, every island being moved out of their places. And again, you see the details of some of the affliction that they'll have there in Revelation uh, chapter 6. I'm not going to go through Revelation 6 again here uh, this morning. But we also see, if you move on a little bit, in Revelation chapter 8 and uh, verse number 10. Revelation chapter 8, verse number 10, we see the trumpet uh, judgments. And again, I'm not going to look at the details largely of them, but... Notice in Revelation chapter 8, verse number 10, it says, And the third angel sounded, and there was a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell on the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of rivers. And the name of that star was called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were bitter. And again, read verse number 13. It says, And I beheld and heard an angel uh, flying through the midst of the heavens, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet and of three angels which are yet to sound. There's a series of trumpet judgments. And we've looked at the trumpet judgments. We've looked at the character of the Antichrist. We've looked at the false prophet. We've looked at the mark of the beast. But we have not looked at the seven last and great plagues. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 15. Let's turn there, Revelation chapter 15, and uh, verse number one. Again, I don't have time to maybe look at this subject maybe as, 
extensively as I'd like. There's much scripture that deals with this subject, but I want to consider these seven last plagues as the Bible speaks of them here in chapter 15 and reveals those plagues in chapter 16. Revelation chapter 15, verse number 1. And saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And so seven last plagues. If you look there, four there, at verse number eight, it says, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. Well, no man was able to enter the temple to the seven plagues, of the seven angels were fulfilled. I want to consider here this morning the seven last plagues, but let's pray as we consider this thought from the Bible. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for your word here today. Thank you again for the revealing it gives to us, for the wisdom it gives to us, to even the warning given to us concerning these seven last plagues that will come upon the earth and will come specifically on those that Again, oppose God, oppose the things of God. Do not submit and repent at the, at the word of God and the truths of God. I pray again that we could see these plagues in light of the scripture. And again, uh, remember them and consider them this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. amen. Now, I don't know for sure about the worst epidemics in history but I did look online and looked at the worst epidemics in history. Now, you might think, again, we, are, we experience in our life one of the worst epidemics in history. Let me just say this. We have not. At least I have not. Not in my life. In a sense, I haven't experienced one of the greatest epidemics in history. At least not myself. That's for sure. Of the ten worst epidemics, according to World Atlas, the plague of Justin which was from 1541 to 750 A.D. that lasted over 100 and some years, nearly 200 years, took 100 million lives. 100 million lives. It's estimated half the world population disappeared during that time through the spreading of rodents. Now, you may not have heard about that. Again, I, I remember hearing somewhat about that, but I... You don't hear about that much today, do you? There was also the Black Plague. Now, I, I guarantee if you went to school, you heard about, might not remember about the Black Plague. But the Black Plague uh, that took place mostly in Europe, it's estimated that 80% of those that uh, got this disease also died. It also was spread by rodents. It took place between uh, 1346 and 1350 or so their AD. The Europeans, it's estimated between 40 and 60% of Europeans died during that time. Then there's HIV. Do you ever think of HIV as a plague? No. <laughs> if you grew up, when I grew up, everybody thought about it as a plague and a disease that maybe you could again, again get and, and you could die from. But do you know HIV has took a, taken, sorry, 37 million lives. 37 million lives. From 1960 to date, people are dying still of AIDS at about half a million even today. Do you think about that? Half a million people are dying every day of every year of AIDS. I believe a largely preventable disease. 
Fourth on this list is in 1918, and again, I'm sure you heard about this, the Spanish flu. 20 million people died of the Spanish flu. And again, these are statistics from World Atlas. I'll give you some statistics that just give you a list of all-time plagues. This is from the Gazette Review, and again, I think it gives you a good list of uh, diseases that have taken many people's lives, or plagues that have taken many people's lives. The first on the list is TB or tuberculosis. The tur- tuberculosis. Uh, influenza is number two. As far as the deaths have actually taken place, uh, influenza, uh, second on the list, H1N1, they call it today. Uh, Spanish flu in 1980 took 20 million. It's estimated there's been 120 million people have died of the flu. Again, I don't know how they get a good mark on the flu anyways. There's a lot of people that die every year of the flu. Uh, cholera, then it has uh, malaria here. And we don't think about malaria much, do you? But 200 million people get malaria every year. 200 million people get malaria each year. At least now they do. And about a half a million people die of it. Do you hear about that? Nope, we don't hear too much about that because that's largely where there's lots of mosquitoes and spread very easily. Again, on this list, they have HIV again there, the bubonic plague, smallpox, yellow fever or yellow yondas. My mom talks about yellow yondas. A typhus, polio from 19, uh, 1844 to 18, sorry, 1894 to 1950. A lot of people died of polio, about a 5 to 10% death rate when it came to polio. And people, many scarred by polio. There have been a lot of different, again, plagues that have plagued man throughout history, but nothing like the seven last plagues. Nothing at all like the seven last plagues. The force of these plagues will be enormous. They are the last, the Bible says there in verse number 15. I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. You don't consider the wrath of God, they consider the love of God, and the love of God is shed abroad, the Bible says, yet there is the wrath of God, and God will take vengeance on sinners on this earth during the tribulation period. Let's turn to Zephaniah in the Old Testament, the fourth, the last book in the Old Testament there. There's a number of little books there, at the end of the Old Testament, there's Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, and after the book of Habakkuk, a little book by the name of Zephaniah. Zephaniah talks about the force and fierceness of God's anger and wrath. And it talks about the tribulation period, by the way. If you want to read the last chapter of this book, it will deal with that subject and the millennial kingdom. But I want to just pick up there in verse number 7 and verse number 8. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse number 7 and verse number 8. It says, And I said, Surely thou wilt fear me, thou wilt receive instruction, for their dwelling should not be cut, uh, should not be cut off. Whosoever I punish them, uh, uh, howsoever I punish them, but they rose early and corrupted their own doings. Therefore wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I will rise up to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations and I will assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them mine indignation 
even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Haven't heard much about these thoughts, have you, before? Consider verse number 8, where God will gather nations and pour out his indignation and his fierce anger upon the earth. As we think about these seven last plagues, they are a culmination of the full force of God's anger filled up upon, uh, upon the earth. And then those full, those uh, golden vials filled with the wrath of God. Let's turn back there if we would. Revelation chapter 15, those, full vial, those vials, those golden vials full of the wrath of God. As we see again these plagues that, that will come to the earth, they will seem extremely fierce, extremely strong, and extremely maybe violent, if you would think of them in terms that we could, again, maybe understand to some degree. In verse number 7 of Revelation 15, verse 7, it says, And one of the four beasts uh, gave unto the four angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. Full of the wrath of God. So these plagues will be full of the wrath of God. But what would be the focus of this wrath? Look at Revelation chapter 16, verse number 1 and 2. The focus of this wrath, this great wrath, will extend and be very fierce and very strong. Will be the, the focus will be on the worshipers of the Antichrist. Revelation 16, verse 1, it says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast and upon them that worshipped his image. So where's the focus of these seven last plagues? It's not on people indiscriminately. It's focused on those who worship the beast and took the mark of the beast and this wrath will fall upon them. In verse number 19 of Revelation chapter 16, if you just turn forward there just a little bit, Revelation chapter 16, verse number 19, it says, And the great city was divided in three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. The fierceness of his wrath. And so, again, what we see in Revelation is the fierceness of his wrath in these seven last plagues. I want us to turn back to Isaiah before we consider these plagues in detail. Again, we'll take some time looking at these plagues in detail. And hopefully, like you know the plagues of the Old Testament, you'll know the plagues of the tribulation as they're revealed also in the scripture. Isaiah chapter 13 also has some details on the tribulation period. Again, you can look at verse number 6 through 15 sometime and look at some of the details of the tribulation period. But again, I'm just going to look here at verse number 9 and verse number 10 as we look at the fierceness of the wrath that will come at that time. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh both cruel with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. And so there will be lives that will be destroyed by God through these plagues. 
And let's go ahead now and consider them. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 16. What are the details of these seven great and last plagues? They're given to us here in Revelation in chapter 16. These are revealed to us by the scriptures. And uh, again, you'll see again them, again, being given and aimed at those who worshipped the image, so they're idolaters, and those that took the mark of the beast. The first of these great plagues is a plague of sores. And again, you'll notice this here in Revelation chapter 16 and verse number 2. It says, And the first wind poured out the vial upon the earth, and there fell a great noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them that worshipped his image. God will mark those who are marked by Satan. He will mark them with sores. You will be able to see the swords. A person would be able to see the swords at this, at this time. They describe as noisome sores. They will produce groans. They will produce pain. They will produce hurt. They will produce, again, a difficulty. Think about the swords that fell upon Job there in the Old Testament. And they were from the tip of his head to his toes. And he, he was, again, had grievous sores. These sores will be upon those that uh, worship uh, Satan, worship, again, the, the Antichrist. God afflict his enemies with great sores. If you turn back to Revelation chapter 14, verse number 9 and verse number 10, uh, the Bible says here in verse number 9, it says there, And the third angel fouled them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive a mark in his, in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture in the cup of indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstones in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And so those that worship, again, the, the Antichrist there, the beast there, it says in verse number 9, they will end up in hell. But before they go to hell, they will here in the book of Revelation have these grievous sores upon them. Let's turn back to Exodus chapter 9. I want to say here in Exodus chapter 9 that God has sent sores before upon the earth. And I believe, again, pestilence, if you look in the Bible, are sent by God to correct and to direct people back to God and also to bring people to salvation and also to afflict those, again, who oppose the word of God and, and again, would uh, do contrary to the word of God. Uh, Exodus chapter 9 here, verse number 10. Again, in the series of 10 plagues there in the Old Testament, you'll see again sores sent upon those in Egypt. It says in verse number 9, it says, and it, came, and it shall become small dust in the land of Egypt, and there shall be a boil breaking forth with veins upon the man, and upon the beasts throughout all the land of Egypt, and they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled up towards heaven and became a boil, breaking forth with banes upon men and upon beasts. So God said, boils before. He'll send boils during the tribulation period. But they'll be grievous, and they'll be noisome. And again, the noisome, again, I believe, describes again the groaning that'll take place as a result of these this particular plague. 
that's sent upon those who took the mark of the beast and worshipped the image. You see, secondly, the second plague there, verse number three, again, that's in the uh, verse number three, the second vial is poured out. It says, and the second angel poured out his vial upon the scene and became as the blood of dead men and every living soul died in the sea. Now here we see again another judgment of God. Here we see a plague upon the sea. Most believe, and I also believe, this is a plague that will take place more likely in the Mediterranean. Most people, again, agree along those lines. Again, whether this is for sure, it doesn't say. It doesn't say the Mediterranean or anything. But it says, uh, again, there'll be blood there in the sea. And so people will see blood in the sea. And there'll be blood in the sea. If you go back to Exodus chapter 8, there was a plague earlier that took place during the tribulation period that also polluted the waters. Notice there in Exodus chapter 8 and verse number uh, 8, it says, And the second angel sounded, and it was a great mountain burning with fire, was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. A third part of the creatures that were in the sea that had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And so there's a meteorite, I will believe. Again, something it says like as a mountain burning with fire, in a land, the sea, and a third part of the sea will become blood. And this, too, is an, another judgment upon the sea. Turn back to Exodus chapter 7. I just want to take you back there. The plagues that took place there in Exodus parallel uh, the plagues that will take place in the tribulation, although I believe, again, the plagues in the tribulation will be of much greater intensity. Uh, Exodus chapter 7 and uh, verse number 17, Exodus chapter 7 at verse number 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord, in that this thou shalt know that I am the Lord, I will smite the, with the rod that it is in thy hand on the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned into blood, and the fish that was in the river died, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe the drink the water of the river. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying to Aaron, Take thy rod, stretch it upon the waters of Egypt, upon the streams, and upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon the pools of water, that they become blood, and that thou may, uh, may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and the vessels of stone. And so the water is polluted. This is part of the judgment of God that took place in the Old Testament. If you turn forward to, again, the seven last plagues there in Revelation chapter 16, this is, again, a, a part of the series of plagues uh, that will take place during the t- tribulation period. And so there'll be a great and grievous source. There'll be a great death that will take place upon a sea. It mentions there, verse number uh, three, it says, and every living soul died upon the sea. So all life will die in this sea. Judgment, this plague judgment. Again, I believe, again, if we still have and should have, I would guess we have, we'll have a technology like today, uh, you, you will know about this. This will be widespread. I mean, just think about all the people of the earth that were followers of the Antichrist that will have these sores. They will see again another a judgment come, and a judgment that comes upon the sea. And then thirdly, you see the, the third plague that will take place. People might think they're, okay and things are going fine or whatever you know sea's okay uh doesn't bother me the sea 
Um, but notice here in uh, Revelation chapter 16, verse number 4, it says, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art, was, and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy blood. You know, people need water. Blood. Fresh water. The fountains of the water, the rivers there will become blood. Cool, clean, clear, crystal, fresh water be contaminated and changed to blood. And someone says, why? I don't get it. Why? It says there in verse number six, for they shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And God would judge those who have shed the blood of God's people. And this will happen here in this plague. Let's turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Bloody waters, bloody streams, bloody rivers, bloody streams. It will be certainly a reminder of what they did to God's people and God's prophets. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, Deuteronomy chapter 32 here, at verse number 39 through verse number 43, the Bible says that God will avenge his saints, and certainly he will during this time. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse number 39, it says, See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lifted up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and my hand take hold of judgment, I will render vengeance upon my enemies and I will reward them that hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh that with the blood of the slain and the captives from the beginning of the revengers of my enemy, rejoice, O nations, with his people for he will avenge the blood of his saints. I actually have this underlined in my Bible. And we will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful to his land and to his people. He will avenge the bloods of his saints. Revelation 16 shows us that. Let's turn back there to Revelation chapter 16. So great sores, a plague at sea, a plague of flesh water. And then after that, to add, add to this time of great plagues, a plague of heat. I don't like heat. I don't like hot. You know, some people might like living down in Arizona, Florida, wherever it might be, and they like the heat. I remember one, one guy that was going to college told me, it's been a long time since so I had a, a good sweat. He was from Florida. You know, he liked, uh, he liked the, you know, to sweat, you know. Get down in Florida, and you can sweat just standing there. I remember in North Carolina, I sold books in North Carolina. I was selling books, and I'd have a book in front of me, and sweat would just be dropping just right like this. So I was showing them, showing this and just dropping like this because we were out any day. We were out every day, you know, basically almost any day trying to sell these Southwestern publishing books and in a good sweat. But this kind of sweat you won't want to partake in. It's a great heat. 
And again, it's described here in verse number 8 and 9 here. It says, uh, verse 8, the fourth vial, or the fourth plague. It says, the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the, upon the sun, and, the, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over the, these plagues, and they repented not to give him the glory. Scorched men. You might think again, oh, I got a sunburn, so to speak, and I, you know, it's hurtful, it's harmful, it seems tough, it's bad. The Bible says to scorch men with heat. Great heat. Sent as a judgment from God, from the sun. From the sun. There'll be a plague from the sun. A fierce, great heat. A great heat wave will be sent that will scorch men with fire. was given on to scorch men with fire. I don't know exactly the details of this plague, but I wouldn't want to be a part of this time. A great heat will be sent. Let's turn, if you would, to the last book in the Old Testament. Is this also talked about in the Old Testament at all? Again, I believe there's two references in the Old Testament that seem to point towards this time of great heat being sent as a judgment of God. Malachi uh, chapter 4, verse number 1, it says, For behold, the day uh, cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all they that do wickedly shall be as stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. See an intense heat mentioned here in Malachi chapter 4. Let's turn back to Isaiah chapter 24. Isaiah chapter 24. Isaiah chapter 24 and verse number 6, it says, Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth. They that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of earth are burned, and few men left. So there's a burning that take place, and few men left. Let's turn to Psalm 121. Again, someone says, well, well what will happen to those who are saints at this time well the say there will be saints during the tribulation we mentioned that before there will be a lot of people they get saved by grace through faith during the tribulation they will turn to god and and uh turn from their sin and trust in christ and christ will again deliver them uh from the, the all these different plagues in a sense not in, a, in not experiencing some of these things but they will again halt, uh, uh, be in a place where they'll be delivered as a remnant, it mentions here in verse uh, 6, Psalm 121, verse 6, the sun shall not smite thee by day or the moon by night. The sun will not smite thee by name. This is one of the Psalms that talks about the saints, God not causing the saints again to be burnt or harmed at this time. I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm not sure how all this is going to work out, but I'm just looking at the details of these plagues. A great heat wave from the sun will take place. And then thirdly, I'm sorry, fifthly here, a fifth, a fifth again, plague that will take place is a, a plague of great and hurtful darkness. 
You know, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And again, there's a lot that goes on in the dark. And there's a lot of evil that goes on in the dark. And God will send a painful darkness. Verse number 10 and 11, it says, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and the kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. So they got sores, they got pain, they've had heat, and now they've got darkness. Well, people don't like pitch darkness or great darkness. But the world will be afflicted with this darkness. And this darkness will afflict them. It'll be a painful darkness, a hurtful darkness. Let's turn back to Exodus chapter 10. I want to turn back there. A plague like unto this has happened in the past. A plague like this will happen in the future. During this time of tribulation, they'll come upon the earth. This time of affliction, they'll come upon the earth. Exodus chapter 10 there, verse number 21 and verse number uh, 22 and 23 describes a darkness being set upon Egypt. Exodus chapter 10, verse number 21, it says, And the Lord sent uh, unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand toward the heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness on the land of Egypt. And they saw not one another, neither rose any of his place three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. You see a darkness sent in the Old Testament, a plague of darkness sent here in this seven last plagues. Let's turn back there, if you would, to the, again, the uh, chapter of Revelation, chapter 16, and we see here a great darkness that will be felt. It will cause pain and it will hurt. But yet the Bible says in verse 11, they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores or repented not of their deeds. So a painful darkness then. And then we see a great river dry up. And again, this is a sixth of the plagues that's mentioned there in verse number 12. Another vial is poured out. It says, and the sixth angel was poured out. His vial in the great river Euphrates, the water thereof was dried up. And that was the way of the king, that the way of the kings may be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and the mouth of the beast and the mouth of the false prophet. Uh, for they were the spirits of the devil working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. That's Jesus. I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth. And keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they shall see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And so we see another plague. And this plague is a gathering of people to a place called Armageddon. Again, I don't have time here this morning to look at Armageddon, but Revelation 19, verse 17 through 21, talk about this Armageddon battle, if you would, that'll take place. But we see the final plague, and I want to just look at this final plague. It's, a, it's, it's kind of like a series of events that'll take place in this final plague. And again, you'll see them in verse number 17 through verse number 21, the seventh plague. It says, and the seventh angel poured out his vial upon the air, and there 
came a great voice out of the temple of the Lord and from the throne and said, It is done. It is done. So I would say that Jesus or God or someone speaks from his throne and says, It's done. It says, And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great, and the great city was divided in three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came into rims before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, and every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men great hail, uh, hail out of heaven. Every uh, stone was the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague was exceeding great. The last of the plagues, seventh plague, is described as being exceeding great, especially the part where the hail falls. Hail will fall from heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent. We see again a series of Things will take place here in this final plague. Again, a great earthquake will take place. A city will be divided. Most believe that will be Jerusalem divided. Again, comparing that uh, with uh, Zechariah chapter 14, verse number 4, when Jesus returns, this, a city will be divided. Great hail will come down, the Bible says. And uh, the Bible mentions, again, the, the, this plague, especially that of the hail. The hail falling will be exceeding great. Someone says, how great will the hail be? Well, look at verse number uh, 16 there. Verse number 16, I believe. No, verse number 21, sorry. It says, and there fell upon men great hail out of heaven. Every, every stone upon about the weight of a talent. And men be asking God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague was exceeding great. The Bible describes the hail being Again, a grievous kind of a hail, exceeding great. A plague of hail, for the plague was exceeding great, the Bible says it, the plague. The main part of the plague there was exceeding great, the hail part of the plague. A talent. There's no way of getting around this, but the talent would be over 100 pounds. 100 pound hailstone falling. 100-plus pound hailstone. The, Jew, the Jewish talent was about 115 pounds. I've seen some say it's 135 pounds. I, I just believe in general it must be over 100 pounds. Imagine 100-pound hailstones, what kind of damage that would do. Not just, again, to people, but to everything that's on the earth. And the Bible mentions here how they react to this hailstone. It says they're, they blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. You see, the reaction to those that experience these plagues will be always the same thing, to blaspheme God. So I would guess they'd curse and swear at God, right? Isn't that what it means to blaspheme God? Go curse and swear at God. This is the reaction that they had throughout all these plagues. Go back to verse number nine. When the great heat comes, it says the men scorch with the great heat and blaspheme the name of God. And they repented not to give him the glory. 
The plague of darkness, the painful darkness is sent there. In verse number 10, it says, The seed of the beast and the kingdom was full of darkness, and they nod in their tongues for plain and blaspheme the God of heaven because of the pains and their sores, and repent and nod of their deeds. Instead of crying out to God for mercy or grace or pardon or forgiveness, they continue to curse God and harden their heart against God. Has a plague of grievous hail ever taken place? Well, let's turn back to Exodus chapter 9. It has. Can I just take you back to Exodus chapter 9 to say, hey, if God has done something in degree of any kind of nature in the past as far as some of these plagues of the past, he certainly is able to do the same and greater in the future as he will pour out his fierce anger upon men. Exodus chapter 9 here Verse number 23 talks about a plague of hail. And uh, this hail, too, was dangerous and deadly uh, during the time of Egypt and their bondage there. Exodus chapter 9 and verse number 23 uh, through verse number 26, it says, And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and God sent thunder and hail, and and fire ran along the ground, and, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with hail, very grievous, such as was not like it in the land of Egypt since it became a name. And the hail smote. And the, the word smote means to kill in the Old Testament. You, you know, you hear about somebody smote whoever or smite whatever. or I meant to smite someone. It means they meant to kill. The hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that were in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and break down every tree of the field. Can you imagine the damage of 100-pound hailstones? I can't imagine the damage of 100-pound hailstones. This is a great and exceeding great plague. It's the last of the plagues that you see there in the series of seven plagues. They're mentioned there in Revelation chapter 16. Again, these are the end of the wrath of God. And the, the Bible mentions in verse number one, back to Revelation 15, verse one, it says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven last plagues, having seven, sorry, seven angels having seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And so the wrath of God is filled up, and the wrath of God will be poured out in these, the, these seven plagues, one of boils, one of blood at sea, one of blood of flesh water, one of a scorching sun, one of darkness and painfulness, one of the Euphrates being dried up so that those from the east can come and uh, be destroyed by the Lamb of God as he returns. And then hail sent from God from heaven, a series of very difficult, devastating, and dangerous plagues that will come to the earth. But are these justified? Are these reasonable? Well, Revelation chapter 16, verse number 5 through 7, gives us the answer right here in the text. It says, And I heard the angel of the waters, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art, which was, and shall be, because thou hast judged us. For they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another on the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Someone says, does he have to judge this way? He does. 
Let's turn back to Leviticus chapter 24. You say, why? He has set forth his law. He has set forth his judgment. He has, again, allowed men to curse him, to swear, to, to again, uh, benefit from his son, benefit from the possibility of salvation. And here in the end, he will pour out his wrath upon the earth. In Leviticus 24, verse 16, it says, He that blasphemed the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him, as well as the stranger, as well as he is born in the land. When he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And if we went back to Revelation chapter 16, we see they blaspheme him over the heat. They blaspheme over the source. They blaspheme over the, the hail it sent. And the Bible says here that he that blasphemed the Lord shall surely be put to death. Let's turn to John chapter 5. Is this judgment just? Is it right? Someone says it's, it just doesn't seem right. I don't believe it's for us to judge whether something's right or wrong. But we see again the mercy of God, the extension of the mercy of God, the extension of the salvation through his son has been given to men for many, many years throughout history for them to turn to God, turn from sins, and receive pardon for their sins. John chapter 5, verse number 30, it says here, I came of my own self. I can do nothing as I... Here I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of my Father which sent me. And so the Bible speaks of Jesus, and his judgment is just. In John chapter 5, verse number 39, and verse number 40, it says, Search the scriptures, for that in them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. You will not come to me that you might have life. Man that rejects salvation is not going to have life. They're going to be given death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a choice between life and death. You have that choice. All men have that choice. But what do these people choose? They choose, chose a false Christ, a false religion, a false prophet, a false church, a false religion, they chose idolatry, they chose to stay allegiant to the Antichrist and the beast, and they see the wrath of God poured upon them without mixture. Turn to Revelation chapter 21. Is that it? Is that all that men can experience in life? Is that the worst that they can experience? Again, these plagues that come upon them. Well, actually, in a sense, it gets worse. Revelation chapter uh, 21 and verse number 8. What will men experience that reject the Son, that reject life? Well, we see in verse number 7, it says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, even the abominable and whoremongers and murderers, and sorry, and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. No, to die is one thing. But to experience the second death is even a worse thing. The second death to be tormented in the lake of fire. 
This is what will happen to those that reject Christ, reject salvation. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verse number 10. The Bible says, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented day and night forever. Someone says, is there any way out of this? Well, let's turn to Revelation chapter 1. I'm just about done. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 5. There's only one remedy for not experiencing these things. Again, I'm not saying, again, everyone will experience these things, but those in the tribulation time will experience these things. How can one avoid experiencing these things? Revelation 1, verse 5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from his sins in his own blood. The only way out of this is being washed in the sins of the Lord, washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and being saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent and believe the gospel, the Bible says, and you can be saved. Let's turn back to Revelation 15, verse number 1. Now you know about the seven plagues of the Bible. Seven great and last plagues of the Bible. It speaks of these. In Revelation chapter 15, verse 1, it says, I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them was filled up the wrath of God. Verse 8, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from the power, and no man was able to enter in the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels was fulfilled. <coughs> seven last plagues. Seven great last plagues. And now you know about them. I'm encouraging you to flee from the wrath to come. Let's close this and consider the word of God.